You're listening to Cross Section, the podcast of the Summit View Church of Christ. Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift his countenance. Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness And the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning Him. He cried out, saying, This is the one I spoke about when I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me because He was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in, the, in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. May God bless our reading of his word today. The Apostle John says a tremendous amount in just a few lines here in the opening of his gospel as he introduces us to Jesus. Think about some of the key words that he's just thrown out there for us. Life, light and darkness, creation, believe, children of God. John, speaking of John the Baptist, flesh, The one and only Son, glory, grace, and truth. John the writer, the Apostle John, will expound on these concepts as we study his book over the next several weeks, learning about Jesus. We're just going to go through the book of John for a while and learn about Jesus. At the center of all this, all these key words, these great grand concepts, 
At the center of it all is this one vital message, John's opening message. He came. He came. Now, for you who have walked with Jesus in the light of God for many years, that's great news. But it's not new news. You knew already. But for someone living in what John calls darkness, this is a ray of hope from God. And I bet you know someone who is living in darkness. And we've, we've all been there, haven't we? Someone who knows they're not living right. But either they don't know what to do differently or they can't ever seem to do it. They're going through life like the rest of us, but they can't seem to find their way. And we've all been there. We probably all know someone who's there right now. A person who's making the same mistakes over and over with no sense of God's guidance or where to find real hope and lasting peace that stays with us even through all our troubles. No escape from the futility that is all we have left in the end when we live apart from our Creator. That's what John calls darkness. And so to help us recapture the sense of wonder that John is trying to communicate here, imagine this scenario that played out a few years ago in Thailand. Jenny and I encountered this story again recently when we watched the film 13 Lives. It was Saturday, June 23rd, 2018, not that long ago. A soccer team in the little town of Mae Sai in Thailand, in the north part of the country, right near the border with Myanmar, finished up practice. And some of the boys had to go home, go do other things, but 12 of the boys on the team, ages 11 to 16, and their assistant coach, who was 25 years old, rode their bikes up to a famous cave in their area called the Cave of the Sleeping Lady. The coach had promised to take them into that wonderful cave after practice that day. They went in to explore the cave, intending to stay just a short time, but while they were there, they were having fun, so they stayed a little longer than expected, and it began to rain outside, and they didn't know it. Monsoon season was starting several weeks early. And that particular cave floods during monsoon season. There's even a, a sign saying so at the entrance as you go in, warning about if it's raining outside. But it wasn't when they went in. And the team thought they still had weeks before the heavy rains came. Parts of the tunnel they had crawled through became entirely flooded. And they could not get out. They were trapped in total darkness all alone, no way to get a signal to the outside world. And when their parents realized what had happened and rescuers were called in, no one could get in to them. They were a full mile into the cave. Water was surging down through cracks in the mountain above them, pouring into their cave, filling up their tunnel. The current of water flowed through the lower parts of that tunnel, was so dangerously fast that the team couldn't swim out, even those on the team who could swim could not get out, and rescuers couldn't swim in, and no one outside knew if the team was even still alive. Local rescue teams arrived, but they couldn't get through the water. They weren't equipped for that. 
Thai Navy SEALs. Thailand apparently has Navy SEALs modeled after American Navy SEALs. Isn't that cool? Thai Navy SEALs arrived, but they couldn't get through the toughest parts of the cave. They weren't trained for diving in caves. They were trained for diving in open water. Officials sent word finally for the world's best cave divers. People used to swimming through tight crevices and, and places where, where uh, the rock can, can grab onto your gear. They knew how to get around through all that. And even they, for days, struggled to find a way through the tight crevices and the raging current to get deep inside the cave. And the rain outside kept falling. For 10 days, the boys and their coach sat in total darkness. Can you imagine? Not daring to use their flashlights any more than necessary. Waiting for the water to go down, which it was not doing. For 10 days, they were all alone in darkness. No way to escape. No clue what was happening outside. And then suddenly... On day 10, with no warning at all, they hear a man's voice down the tunnel. They hear splashing. A minute later, two heads appear out of the water. The cave divers who have been hunting for them for days have finally found them. The picture in the top corner of the screen behind me is the uh, picture of the boys when those first cave divers arrived. Writer Christina Suntornvats, I hope I said her name right, in her book, All 13, describes how the boys felt at that moment. She says, quote, the whole scene feels dreamlike. After 10 days by themselves, here are two more human beings, people from the outside, who have come to help them, end quote. It took 10 days to find the team, then seven more days to get them all out, 17 days total. But imagine that moment when they heard the sound of other people for the first time in over a week, saw the lights, saw the two cave divers. They came. For people caught in the darkness of this world, desperate for hope, needing purpose, needing God, John says, He came. Jesus Christ, the Word who was with God, who was God, who was with God in the beginning, through whom all things were made, without whom nothing was made that has been made, He came. The first book of the Bible, Genesis, begins the story of humanity and of God with the creation. It says, in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth. John begins the story of Jesus even earlier. He says, in the beginning was the Word. Even before the creation, Jesus was there with God. Let's read the first five verses again. John 1 verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. 
Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus, who was with God, who was himself God, though not the entirety of God, through whom all things were made, in whom is life that gives us light in our darkness. He came and the darkness could not contain him. John wants us to know from the start that God cares about us so much that he sent us his very best. In that cave, the Thai people and their government were so concerned for these trapped boys that they sent them the very best. They sent them local rescuers. When they couldn't do the job, they sent them Thai Navy SEALs. When they couldn't do it, they brought in from across the planet the world's best cave divers. And only they, at first, were able to reach the trapped boys. And there were hundreds of people from around the world who gathered at that one place to help those divers find the boys and get them out. Jesus, the best God could ever send, he came. John calling Jesus the word lets him tap into an ancient Greek idea and an ancient Jewish idea to help us understand who Jesus is right from the beginning. It's fitting that he uses a Greek idea and a Jewish idea combined because we think John wrote his gospel, and gospel means good news. So he wrote his book of good news about Jesus to both Jews and non-Jews near the geographic center of the Roman Empire. We think John at this time in his life, in his older age, was probably in the city of Ephesus in what is now western Turkey, right near the coast of Turkey, maybe 50 or so years after Jesus' death and resurrection. And for people who are hearing about Jesus possibly for the first time, calling Jesus the Word gives them an instant introduction to him. So for Greek-speaking people, the Word was the ultimate divine reason, the perfect reality and reason of the gods. Jesus is that ultimate transcendent one, the Word. For Jews, the word was the self-expression of God by which God created all things, by which he gave Israel his laws for their nation, and by which he spoke to the prophets. So in the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, he spoke and light appeared by the power of his word. He spoke and dry ground appeared by the power of his word. He spoke and living creatures began to populate the earth by the power of his word. On Mount Sinai, God spoke and gave his laws for Israel to Moses. Moses heard his word. In the prophets, God speaks and they often write, this is the word of the Lord as they share God's message for his people. Jesus is the word. God's self-expression, God's voice, the ultimate reality, ultimate reason, God communicating with the people he created. And why? Why is God reaching out to human beings through the word? 
Well, because we were trapped in darkness and needed light. And so the word came. In him was life because he is the creator of life. Through him, uh, everything was made. Nothing was made. Uh, Nothing that was made was made without him. And so the life in him became light in our darkness to rescue us and to help us live. Jesus was light in our darkness. And try as it might, the darkness could not contain him. Some of our translations say the darkness has not understood the light. Others say the darkness has not overcome the light. Both of those are good translations of the word John uses. He may mean both. There was no way the darkness could comprehend or or overcome the light that God sent. When the first two divers reached those boys a mile deep inside that flooded cave on day 10, they couldn't bring any of the boys out right away. One of the boys' first questions was, can we go home? The divers had to say, not yet. They hadn't brought enough air. They didn't even know if the boys were still alive. They had to go back and get more help and more equipment. The divers were just terrified, just thrilled. They were just thrilled to find the boys and to find them all alive. And so they became like messengers to give the boys hope at that moment that they would be rescued. And the next day, the divers came again and they brought a doctor and Navy SEALs. And and they too became a testimony to the boys. We can't get you out yet, but we will. A couple of those Navy SEALs and the doctor stayed with the boys to give them hope. For the Jewish people, John the Baptist became that testimony. There are two Johns here in the Gospel of John. That's kind of confusing. John the Apostle wrote this book. He never mentions his own name. He only mentions one John, and that's John the Baptist. So anytime you run across John in the book of John, he's talking about John the Baptist. He mentions John the Baptist in verse 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. We know from the Jewish historian Josephus who wrote around the year 100 that John the Baptist was very famous among the Jews of the first century. Josephus in his book Antiquities of the Jews calls him John that was called the Baptist, who was a good man and commanded the Jews to exercise virtue, both as to righteousness towards one another and piety towards God, and so to come to baptism. And we know from the book of Acts, chapter 19 in our Bibles, that about 25 or 30 years after Jesus' death and resurrection, In Ephesus, the same city where we think John might have been, the apostle might have been when he wrote this gospel, there were some Jews who followed John the Baptist but had not yet heard of Jesus. So we know John the Baptist's fame had spread very quickly across the Roman Empire. So for people like them who believed John the Baptist was a prophet sent from God, John the apostle says this man was sent from God. But he was not the main thing. He was not the light. He was sent to be a witness testifying about that light that was Jesus so that people would believe in Jesus. John the Baptist is not the one who's going to get you out of this cave. So if you've heard about John the Baptist, then hear now about Jesus. 
Let's continue in verse 9. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of, a, a human, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Jesus, the true light, came into the world to the people he himself had created. And specifically to his own people, the Jews, because Jesus was born a Jew. His mother was a Jew. His adopted father was a Jew. But the world and even his own people did not receive him. He did not get a warm welcome. Randy Harris and Greg Taylor in their book, Daring Faith, Meeting Jesus in the Book of John, quote a story told by S.D. Gordon to express what it means to come to your own people and not be received. The story goes like this. A widow in the English countryside had to take a job as a maid on a large estate to provide for her son. And over the years, the owner of the estate grew rather fond of the son, and he sent him to get a great education. The son did well. He became a successful doctor in the big city in London, famous and wealthy, and he and his mother corresponded regularly, but somehow he was always too busy to come and visit her. Well, eventually the estate owner passed away, and the mother decided that rather than find new work there in her country town, she would go to London and be reunited with her son. She had never been to London before, but she made the journey for the first time ever. She took the train to London. She eventually found her son's address. She knocked on the door. And when her son, the doctor, came to see who was at the door, he was glad to see her. But he was surprised because she hadn't told him she was coming. And they, they sat down and they talked and he, he noticed how countryish her speech sounded. It wasn't the same as the sophisticated speech of, speech of his associates in the city. And he wanted to want to have her stay with him, but he just couldn't quite bring himself to welcome her there. She just didn't seem to fit in. And so he told her, Mother, <clears throat> you know it's not very helpful here in the city. We have bad fogs in London, but you are used to the country air. It wouldn't agree with you here, I'm afraid. I'll get you a little cottage on the edge of town, and I'll come and see you very often. She figured it was too late in the evening to decide what to do, so they went to bed. And in the morning when the doctor woke, he found that his mother had gotten up early and left. S.D. Gordon finishes his story by saying, she came to her own and her own received her not. He loved her, 
but it didn't suit his plans. Jesus came to his own, and his own received him not. It didn't suit their plans. If you believe God sent Jesus to be our light in the darkness, that's good. That's a great start. Then you have to decide whether you'll receive him. A lot of people don't because it doesn't suit their plans. But some did. John says, and to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, people reborn into the family of God, people with hope and purpose, people receiving renewed life from God. Jesus will talk about this rebirth, being born again uh, by water and the Spirit when we get to chapter 3. Chapter 1, verse 14. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. He came, John says. We have seen Him. We have seen His glory. Imagine if those 12 boys in their coach had been spread out in separate rooms of the cave when the first rescue divers arrived. Imagine some of them who saw the divers running to tell the others. Now, after 10 days in the darkness like that, from what I read, you can begin to hallucinate, see lights that aren't there, hear sounds, voices that aren't there. After 10 days, the group that was in the other room when the divers arrived might have asked, well, how do you know people are coming to help us? How do you know this is real? And the answer would be obvious. We saw them. We saw them. They were there in the flesh. John says, we have seen Jesus. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only son who came from the father. Full of grace and truth. Grace and truth. Grace to be gentle with us. To forgive us because the darkness weakens us and frightens us. Just like the darkness of the cave made those boys hungry and weak and afraid. Truth to guide us like a light back into the life for which God created us that is broken and corrupted by our sin and all the troubles of the world, but that can be healed by God. Grace and truth. We have seen him, John says, his glory from God the Father, the glory of God's Son who came equipped to help us with grace and truth. The last part of our text, verse 15. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. But the one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father, has made him known. To John, this is like that moment when rescuers arrive to give you hope and to get you ready to be rescued. John the Baptist testified about Jesus, that Jesus would surpass him. And so anyone who already admires John, maybe even follows his teachings, needs to come to Jesus all the more. 
out of the fullness of Jesus the Word, the Son of God, we receive grace in place of grace already given. Because God already reached out to the world in grace when he gave his law to the nation of Israel through Moses. God's law was good. It helped the people find life and truth and goodness in God. But now Jesus has come with something even better. Truth, further guidance from God, and grace to overlook our sins and our weakness and to help us come to God. Because though no one has ever seen God, God revealed himself in his one and only Son, who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father. He came. He came. He came to be God's word to the world. He came to give us life and light. He came to let us become children of God. He came with grace and truth. He came to make God known. And there's so much more to say. But this is just the beginning of John's gospel, John's good news about Jesus. And John is going to walk us through a lot of these concepts he's introduced to us in his opening. And so stay tuned as we travel through the Gospel of John. For today, our message to one another is John's message to us in these verses. We have real hope because Jesus, the Son of God, God's very Word, stepped into our darkness to bring us the light of life from our Creator to help us, to guide us, and to make us children of God. He came. These next weeks, let's learn together about Jesus. And may God move in our hearts to help us receive Him well. May God bless you. Let's pray. Our dear God, Thank you for sending us the best you had, for sending us Jesus our Lord to be our light, to guide us through the darkness and out of it into your glory and your glorious presence. Thank you for renewing our lives by bringing us life through Jesus the Word. Thank you for the testimony of John the Baptist who helped so many in preparing them for the coming of Jesus and for his work. Thank you for the things that we'll be learning about Jesus in the weeks ahead. Bless our study. Thank you, dear God, for the hope that you give us today, that you sent Jesus to be our light in the darkness, to guide us and to help us, to make us children of God. Dear God, renew our hearts and our commitment to Jesus. Any of us who have not committed to follow him, move in our hearts, Lord, that we may receive him, that we may be born again in his name. Dear God, we praise you and thank you for all your love, for all the hope that you give us every day. We trust in you this week. In Jesus' name.